Warner Brothers Discovery CEO David Zaslav has potentially chosen to write off a completed film starring none other than Wiley Coyote, Will Forte, John Cena, Lana Condor, and a slew of cartoon characters from the Looney Tunes. So of course you realize this means war. I mean podcast. No, 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 no. it's war. It's war. Are you ready, eager young space cadet? <laughs> Where's the kaboom? There was supposed to be an earth-shattering kaboom. Hello and welcome to Of Course You Realize This Means Podcast, your number one spot for Looney Tunes news. And it is is a monumental occasion. I think the biggest news for Looney Tunes since the passing of Mel Blanc, and yes, I do not use that lightly, the cancellation of this movie is a fight that must be fought, and we as fans and filmmakers across the entire world are seeing business practices that may or may not even be lawful of a trial of their own. With me, it's not the principle of the thing, it's the money. One day after the writers' actors' strike, Deadline, Hollywood Reporter, and Variety all came out with announcements of another film being used to beef up the back end of some debt receipts. And this is coming from Warner Brothers, a company that not only a year ago had two films that were written off, Batgirl and Scoob's Holiday Haunt, both of which were in different processes of being completed. This also came as a shock because no less than one year prior did a CEO who worked for Warner Brothers say that this chapter of deleting and canceling movies was behind them. Tony Cervoni, the director of so many wonderful projects, he was directing Scoob's Holiday Haunt and he still had to go into the scoring booth and get the orchestra to produce a score that no one was going to hear. I mean, I, I my heart goes out to all of the creative individuals on all of these projects, but I digress. Based on the Ian Fraser piece in The New Yorker, by the same name, Coyote vs. Acme follows the eagerly resourceful Wiley Coyote as his determination from catching the Roadrunner shifts to taking down the Acme Corporation, the maker of faulty animated products. This was a wonderful project. It was filled with creativity and the amount of care that went into making something that was true to the cartoons of the yesteryear of the 1930s, of the 1940s and 50s when Wiley Coyote and Roadrunner were really ever-present, thanks to Chuck Jones and Michael Maltese, this went back to that source of comedy. Uh, you don't get films like this very much anymore. This was slapstick at its greatest. This had on-set practical effects, as seen in the behind-the-scenes video one of the crew members leaked after it was an initially announced to be canceled back in November. Also in November, we had composer Stephen Price, the Academy Award-winning composer for Gravity, which I think is ironic because Chuck Jones always said Wiley Coyote's greatest nemesis was Gravity. And, you know, Dave Green went out and got the guy who composed Gravity to do this. I just think that that's really kismet. But 
Stephen Price had this to say, had a lot of fun scoring Coyote versus Acme, as no one will be able to hear it now due to bizarre anti-art studio financial shenanigans. I will never understand. Here's a bit of behind-the-scenes footage of our Meep Meep Roadrunner Choir, with apologies to Tchaikovsky. I'll play that for you right now. had a now Academy Award nominated screenwriter Sammy Birch behind it uh, who is nominated for her work on May December and you know like they they went out and they really got talented individuals to be a part of this process and just the fact that we're never going to see it really really hurts not only the brand but the franchise and you know, the fans, the fans who are out there putting the hashtag release Coyote versus Acme on every post they make, it really does a detriment to the legacy of these characters, which I is a sh it's a shame, and I wish that wasn't the case. Director Dave Green took to Instagram and posted a passionate plea to embrace the character and what he stood for, which is resilience and persistence. And if you'll allow me, I'm going to read that statement now. For three years, I was lucky enough to make a movie about Wiley Coyote, the most persistent, passionate, and resilient character of all time. I was surrounded by a brilliant team who poured their souls into this project for years. We were all determined to honor the legacies of these historic characters and actually get them right. Along the ride, we were embraced by test audiences who rewarded us with fantastic scores. I am beyond proud of the final product and beyond devastated by WB's decision, but in the spirit of Wiley Coyote, resilience and persistence win the day. And there were a slew of fans, of filmmakers, writers, directors, everybody went to Twitter, they went to Instagram, they went to threads, they went all over the place to really pull together a grassroots campaign to get this film uncancelled. And for a minute, it seemed like it worked. That weekend in November had Coyote vs. Acme trending across all social media and led to the funeral screenings at WB to be turned into potential distributor screenings. You had people from Netflix, people from Paramount come over, watch the movie, and even provide bids for it. You had directors like Phil Lord and Chris Miller come out of the screenings saying, Coyote vs. Acme is wonderful. 
David Green nails it. Hilarious, smart, existential, and moving, and makes this all-time character more relevant than ever. Actor Paul Shear had this to say, It felt like the film captured the voice of the Looney Tunes that we love in a way none of the other feature versions have ever done. And the Academy Award-winning directors The Daniels laughed so much at this weird-ass movie. Then, with the added context of WB shelving the film, I found myself crying by the emotional end. Zaslov, just sell it, release it, and pretend this was all brilliant viral marketing. And just in a span of one weekend, this film had more buzz in Hollywood than most of the movies released that year. But that didn't seem to convince Zaslov or anyone at Warner Brothers of its entitled release. Even though the voices for those who had seen the film filled news headlines with praise behind closed doors, there were executives claiming that Warner Brothers Discovery were just waiting for the clock to run out on this. That clock would seemingly end the morning of the earnings call, February 23rd. Before this, offers from Netflix and Paramount were said to have come in around the price of exactly what the tax write-off would be, or even more, such as $40 million. And yet, Warner Brothers Discovery shunned the idea and continued on their merry way to cancel this film and get it either placed in the archives or deleted forever. Two weeks out, a news story from The Wrap would ignite the grassroots campaign as reports were made that studio head David Zaslov had not even made time to sit down and watch the film. This coming from a man who watched The Flash three times and is quoted saying it's the best superhero film he's ever seen. Other executives and some producers on the film also missed out on screenings of the completed picture, giving more worry to fans that the film was doomed. And this is when a hero rises. Back-to-back -back Emmy winner Eric Bauza lights the fuse and goes out on stage during the Annie Awards and exclaims, Release Coyote vs. Acne. Eh, could have been wise, Daffy. We, we could be Wiley Coyote right now. I hate to be political, but release Coyote vs. Acne! This created such a huge propulsion that even the likes of Mark Hamill, Daniel Ross, the voice of Donald Duck, and Jason Marsden all supported the effort by using the hashtag ReleaseCoyoteVersusAcme. It was everywhere. And again, this might not have been enough. According to many, the signs weren't good. To quote Deadline, a few days out, South by Southwest expressed interest in programming Coyote vs. Acme, to which WB declined. This would have let it be seen by more potential distributors, but yet Warner Brothers continued to hold fast. So now we get to the earnings call, where after immense outcry from filmmakers, cast, and crew on social media, no mention of the film was made, but a whopping $115 million was reported from tax write-offs, so you can only assume that Coyote vs. Acme could be in there. But just wait. Eric Bowser wrote Friday morning that the fight to release Coyote vs. Acme goes far beyond saving a great movie. We are trying to preserve the integrity and importance of these iconic legacy characters while protecting the creative process of storytelling altogether. That summation in itself is a beautiful allegory for this entire movement. And if you are unaware of this film or this movement on social media, I urge you to look into it and to see what others have posted because, yes, 
this is a moment in time where businesses should be held accountable for their actions, where people's creative endeavors have been taken in the trust that their work will be seen by the masses. Films should not be written off or excused because of a producer not liking what they're seeing or you know, the taste not aligning with somebody involved in the studio. I, I think I think they should be able to allow fans to make that call. So what's next? What's what's at the end of this? What has all of this campaigning led to? Well, we don't have a definitive answer at the moment, but there are a few key things that we need to keep in mind as we push forward and do not give up hope. The biggest one is we cannot let this movie leak online. This movie has a chance, still has a chance to go to theaters. So you're telling me there's a chance. And I will explain that in a minute. Yeah! But if the film gets leaked, it will no longer have that opportunity. That will be shuffled out and it will look bad on the entire fan base as well as everything that whoever leaks it like the whole gamut of a leaked movie is just a a really bad thing so please do not leak the movie secondly a democratic representative of texas joaquin castro has called for a federal investigation into warner brothers discovery and the organization's handling of coyote versus acme specifically now this is the government taking a look into these practices of writing off movies. The really interesting part here is when a movie is made, especially here in the United States, there are some areas and uh, states that will give you a tax incentive. It's a handshake between the filmmakers and the studio and the state of, in this case, New Mexico. And apparently New Mexico had a really good tax break and Warner Brothers saved money because of the tax break by filming there. So to write off something you're already getting a tax break on might be somewhat illegal. I'm not sure. I digress. I am just putting it out there that there might be something for them to look into. As also stated by consumer advocate Lisa McCormick, who has issued a call to the U.S. Department of Justice to intervene in the case of Coyote vs. Acme, a completed live-action animated feature that Warner Brothers Discovery shelved to take advantage of an unjustified $30 million tax write-down, or write-off in this case. Americans paid Warner Brothers $30 million for this movie, so the public should be entitled to see Coyote vs. Acme rather than be treated like Wiley Coyote, said McCormick, a former Democratic candidate for U.S. Senate, who is not mincing words labeling the multinational mass media and entertainment conglomerate moves as nothing short of tax fraud. So there are things to consider here, especially as the government gets involved and as we progress further down the calendar to see how the events of Friday are looked at on the side of the government, on the side of, you know, the justice system. And let's hold our breath to see if there's anything that can be done. Again, I ask you to hold fast, hold steady, be the coyote, be persistent, and to continue to support. This is what we can do. We can continue to support this movie and the work done by these insanely talented individuals 
all of the creatives, the director, the writers, the editor, everybody involved. This film does not deserve this. I don't think Batgirl deserved this. I really don't think Scoob Holiday Haunt deserved this. That was going to be a cute little sequel, prequel sequel, to Scoob, the initial film that went to theaters. Um, I, I just, I don't understand these practices. And the fact that the, they got away with those first two is, you know, I, I think on its own, a bad look. But let's stop them from the third one. This has to stop. The next thing for us to do is look at April 8th. April 8th is when Warner Brothers can be sold again. A source close to the production on Background has shared with the podcast that their belief is that if it's not deleted by the time a future acquisition happens, then it can still be released in theaters. So hold the dynamite on that leak. Hold the dynamite on this movie. And let's hope that it doesn't explode in our hands. But I have faith that justice will prevail and art will be seen. We just have to be a little bit like Coyote and allow patience to take hold and let us not lose sight of what's important. We do not want to lose this art. We do not want to lose what this art could mean. And we don't want to lose the integrity of the filmmaking process and the creative process for it to be stipend at, at the finish line. This is at the finish line. The, the movie's done. The movie was done in August. They are just not releasing it. We need to hold fast. We need to hashtag be the coyote. As fans, with every post regarding Looney Tunes, regarding animation, regarding filmmaking, we need to continue putting that hashtag release coyote versus Acme at the end of it. And if you want to throw in a hashtag be the coyote based on what you've heard here, be my guest. I'm going to start making stickers and hats for that as well. We, we cannot lose hope. We have to push on and we have to keep supporting these characters because without our support, Warner Brothers might just scrape them all away, just like they did on the Mac streaming service, where we lost around 200 shorts at the beginning of 2023. And now, as of today, there's a report that we're going to lose 130 shorts, even though they're adding back 130. So, give and take. Again, physical media is the way to go with these. If you are not already purchasing the archive collection, I highly recommend it. They are about to release volume three of that. That is the Warner archive. It is separate from the Warner Studios. I know it's a little confusing, but Warner Brothers Pictures doesn't get any money out of the archive. So with that being said, I want to dedicate this podcast to Dilo Clement, everybody at Termite Terrace Club, a Critical Human on Twitter, Dan Sinker, Jeremy Holden, and the guys over at That's Not Quite All Folks. This episode is dedicated to you and your dedication to this project. You can also sign Stephen Ray Bird's petition to get this film released. Stephen Ray Bird, your journey, that is solely yours. And I truly wish you solace in knowing that those who have seen your work in scenes next to John Cena were enraptured by laughter and just in awe of the sets, in awe of the mastery that Dave Green brought to this movie. And I hope 
and pray that one day people get to see it on a mass stage. One more quote from director Phil Lord, uh, who directed, you know, Cloudy with a Chance of Meatballs and uh, 21, 22 Jump Street and, you know, uh, a bunch of wonderful films. He's also got a big hand in the Spider-Verse films over at Sony. It is anti-competitive if one of the biggest movie studios in the world shuns the marketplace in order to use a tax loophole to write off an entire movie so they can more easily merge with one of the other biggest movie studios in the world. Because it seems anti-competitive. And it is. It is. It straight up is anti-competitive. Uh, movies should not be deleted. Hashtag movies should not be deleted. I mean, it, it doesn't take a brain surgeon to see that what you're doing is criminal. You are erasing hard work that went into making a movie. I mean, making a movie is very difficult in the first place. Getting a movie greenlit is difficult. Getting a movie cast and having those actor schedules align is difficult. Getting crews that love what they're doing, that bring that childlike awe to it, is difficult. And editing all of that together is difficult. And to take all of that hard work and just press the delete button? How can you sleep at night? All right, guys, that's it. Hashtag release Coyote versus Acme. And remember, that's not all, folks. A million bucks is a million bucks. And here's an addendum that I didn't think I'd be adding. One of the cast members, the lead of the film, Will Forte, had this to say. To the cast and crew of Coyote vs. Acme, I know that a lot of you haven't gotten a chance to see our movie, and sadly, it's looking like you never will. When I first heard that our movie was getting deleted, I hadn't seen it yet. So I was thinking what everyone else must have been thinking. This thing must be a hunk of junk. But then I saw it, and it's incredible. Super funny throughout, visually stunning, sweet, sincere, and emotionally resident in a very earned way. As the credits rolled, I just sat there thinking how lucky I was to be a part of something so special. That quickly turned to confusion and frustration. This was the movie they're not going to release? Look, when it comes to Hollywood business stuff, I don't know shit about shit. Even when a movie tests very well, like ours, there's no guarantee that it's going to be a hit. And at the end of the day, the people who paid for this movie can obviously do whatever they want with it. It doesn't mean I have to like it. I fucking hate it. Or agree with it. And it doesn't mean that this movie is anything less than magnificent. You would be so proud of it. A movie that should have been seen but won't. Please know that all the years and years of hard work, dedication, and love that you put into this movie shows in every frame. That's all, folks. Will Forte. And again, it just goes back to what we've been hearing. This film had really good praise. Everyone that saw it, from people in animation to directors, like big-time directors like the Daniels, they came out loving this movie. And I, I just can't believe that we live in a society where the almighty dollar is more powerful than a really great piece of art. And that somehow stops it in its tracks from crossing the finish line, it makes no sense to me. By whatever miracle, if this movie is not deleted and is saved in some aspect later on down the line, I will be so grateful. But if it is not, it, if it is in line to be deleted, then I do hope somebody out there 
ha- that has a copy saves it on a hard drive and eventually gets it out to the public. Um, I don't advocate for leaking movies. I don't advocate for piracy. Um, this is no longer a morality decision. This, you know, the, the morals went out the window when the movie was being shelved uh, because the executives behind it didn't even watch it. But like, I, I, I just can't believe this is happening to such a great piece of art and one that obviously shouldn't, this should not be happening to. I also want to say that we do have things to look forward to in the future. In the very near future, we have The Day the Earth Blew Up, starring Daffy and Porky. That film is safe and will be released theatrically thanks to another company that took over. Um, They are going to be distributing it around the world. So that is a good thing. And we just have to hope that Bye Bye Bunny is still out there and still being worked on because that is another project that I hope we do not lose.